that intro take longer than usual, or is that just me? That seemed like it took longer than usual. I'm not certain, but I'm gonna fix it Gosh. in post. So it'll be the normal time. So. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyways, hi, hello, welcome <laughs> to uh, unscripted gaming. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Live it, your, live it uh, up to our namesake am, since 1902. I think it's been like since 2014, 2014, something like that. Hey, I'm host one of three. I'm Ray. What's the other two thirds? Uh, you go. I'm Josh. Yeah, there we go. Uh, my name is Beetlejuice. Here, oh no, <laughs> so cursed. Like, no, we got that out of our system before the pod. I don't we're, think we're not we did. doing this. I, I did. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm letting it go. He didn't. Security we're, got there first. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Continue. Let's talk about some messed up stuff real quick in the gaming industry. Hey guys, can I spend like five to ten minutes on Unity? If it's yeah, actually that's probably the big story we should kind of go off with first <laughs> and then talk about video games are back. Yeah. Uh, so, Ray, you want to hit us with a recap of what Unity is and then, like, what the what what's the scenario here? Yeah. What's the Unity, Unity is a game engine. It's a third-party game engine, middleware, middle software. Its usage is, or at least its theorem for its usage is, is like phrase is we want to be the everybody game engine if you know a little bit of c sharp uh, you can go ahead and start programming and you can start using tools and everyone gets provided the tools there's a lot of open sharing it's very easy relatively speaking to make a video game on unity to the point where at the college i teach at that's like the primary engine we teach people on when i went to college i learned how to program on unity i also learned how to program on unreal uh Unreal is better, and now I get to say that out loud and not take it back. But yeah, it's it's free to download. You can download it right now. You can make a game on it right now. Most of the games that you've played and like on your cell phone are probably made in Unity, up to including Hearthstone, Marvel Snap, um, Wow, uh, Cult of Lamb. Uh, there, there's act, there, there's so many games made on Unity. It's not worth getting into, up to including like major games that you might have heard of, like Genshin Impact, Honkai Rail, those large, large games. Yeah, you can make a good-looking game on Unity. So, a couple days ago, the bad happened. The, the bad happened. There was an announcement out of nowhere. You guys, uh, you guys know what that announcement is about, right? So, uh, Unity. Yeah, Unity made an announcement. It used to be if you wanted to sell a game on Unity, uh, it's fine. Once you reach a specific threshold, Unity would contact you and you guys would start talking about profit sharing and whatnot. There are a couple different versions of Unity you could buy. You could buy the Pro version, the Enterprise version. Small indie devs will use the Pro version. Students use the free version slash student version. It's perfectly fine. Unreal has a version like that too. Enterprise, you know, if you're a big company and you need a game engine, you probably get the Enterprise version. Uh, yeah, Unity just announced, hey, due to no reason at all, and I'm going to be as reductive as possible, they deserve none of my charity, uh, we are going to charge a runtime fee. Unity Runtime is the type of application software that runs in the program that checks to make sure and see if Unity is running on a person's PC or phone or tablet or something. Whenever Unity loads up, there's a runtime script that runs in the background. And they say for every runtime that Unity detects, it's going to charge 20 cents to the developer per install. That uh. is a lot. Is a lot. I'll give you an example. 
one of the developers that made this game that was released on Epic Store, uh, the Epic Game Store, uh, three years ago. I have it on my PC. It's called The Fall. Uh, he's Because it was released for free, 7 million people downloaded that game. If Unity's policy went back, and supposedly the runtime fee of 20 cents, supposedly it's going to be retroactive. I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. We'll see. Uh, we're going to find out how that's going to turn out. But if it was retroactive and that person had to pay for those 7 million installs, 20 cents on the install, he would owe Unity, the company, $1.4 million for his game that he lit. Epic Self Free. Which the uh, person commented on Twitter.com saying, That is more money than I have made in my life. Ever. I cannot give you guys that money. What do you want me to do? This has caused the game industry to go into a turmoil. Because uh, 20 cents on the install? You might think, like, 20 cents isn't that big. Uh, 20 cents is a... It's a lot to... Well, so... The, the kinds of developers who use Unity. Yeah. It, yeah. You, know, you especially think... So, I did not fully understand this until you just explained it to me now. Like, when it first oh, happened, cool. I was like, the hell? this is not great, but, like, okay. Like, uh, a small fee every time somebody installs the game, like, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but people are going to freak out about something different. But every time the instance runs is different. I, I just did some rough math. Like, you know, let's just uh -huh. um, use a $60 game as an example. That would only be 300 times opening up the game to hit the threshold where you've paid $60 to Unity and, you uh -huh. know, at that point basically made absolutely no money on the game because every single dollar that the customer spent on the game has now gone to Unity in terms of the fees. Now, not every game you're gonna. Open. No, no, it's not. It's not every run. It's every install. install. So if you, in this case example, if you had 300 people install the game, that would be $600 uh, or whatever that math comes out to. That would be owed to Unity. Now that's $600 out of their profit margin or revenue margin, depending, that they never had to account for before. So in the case of, and I did some math with another uh, front-end developer friend of mine, if there were 2 million people that installed your Unity game, and whatever you charge for is whatever you charge for it, but say 2 million people installed it, that's $90,000 you have to pay to Unity at the end of the year. That is someone's salary that you now do not have to, can't account for. That's bonkers numbers for small-time developers. Yeah, I think, uh, a, like, that's a lot of, I think you laid it out really well here, Ray. Like, Unity, of course, when all this happened, uh, they the long tweets, you know things are bad <laughs> long posting tweets. tweets longer than 120 characters. Mm -hmm. That's when you know things are going bad. Um, and they clarified a couple of points saying, like, reinstall charges, we're not going to charge for a fee on reinstalls. So if somebody is, like, reinstalling a game mm -hmm. uh, that apparently is not going to be charged, uh, fraudulent install charges, because one thing, you know, if one, th you know, review bombing is one thing, but imagine if, like, one of your favorite games goes woke, mm -hmm. God forbid, you can identify your pronouns in a game. There, there's um, one there's one black female character and that's it. Yeah, and that you have broken, obviously and it must be destroyed. Uh, <laughs> to fight the wolf mind virus. Um, the illicit <laughs> wolf mind virus. 
The Olive um, <laughs> So somebody could hypothetically like create a bunch of Smurf accounts, download your, if, especially if it's a free to play game, download it, and ring up this Unity fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a Unity is saying that, oh, that won't count. But like, I think the the obvious question there is like, how would okay, you know? how, what's the process for how that what counts as fraudulent? You know, if that if so, you know, again, we're talking about hypotheticals here. Of like, if a fraudulent download scheme causes you like costs you like five hundred bucks, how long is it going to take for you to submit your claim to Unity for them to inspect it? Obviously, they are going to be looking at those to deny because that's how mm-hmm. companies make money and that's what this is all about. Um, and that's like just you know. I, I, just I, I got fucked your finances, and you're not going to be made whole for probably like six months minimum. Like, right? I got an additional uh, thing to that. When the, when many developers brought up like, I'm sorry, it is all too easy for our competitors that have like you brought up like, they just have a wild hair one day and they just hate us for literally no reason. Um, some ordinary gamer pointed this out, and he put it eloquently. You know, some ordinary gamer, if you don't watch his YouTube channel, it's a great tech YouTube channel. He broke it down so anyone can understand it. Uh, you can make a bunch of virtual machines, because once you change out your motherboard, if you've ever done that before, that counts as a brand new install to Microsoft. They're like, that's a different computer. No one just changes out their motherboard. No, it's the same computer. Well, that, whatever. Pay again for Windows. So if you create a bunch of virtual machines with virtual equipment being used, which you could do very easily, ask any, you know, Russian bot farm, and you just say 50,000 installs in one day. What are you going to do? Prove me wrong. And as you were saying, you would ask Unity, how can you track that those are fraudulent? And Unity's exact answer to this on Twitter, in front of God and country, was... We have proprietary software to guarantee that this won't happen. us. You oh, can appreciate okay. that we can't reveal the details. It's like, oh. no! No, we can't appreciate Well, that. I mean, you want to get even more dystopian. Like, think about a internal employee at Unity who, you know, has to hit a KPI for download or revenue or whatnot, and they're coming up short, and they do the exact same thing. They're like, all right, well, you know, if I get on the, if I download Tor and, you know, get a Russian bot farm going and, you know, get 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 a couple hundred thousand downloads across a bunch of different games. Well, there we go. We're golden, like revenue generated. Yeah. And this is this is bad. This is bad. Uh, and the the main the head of directors, the directors knew that this was bad. People are posting about on Twitter saying, "Hey, I can't help but notice that your top four executives sold a grand total of 120,000 shares divided by the four of them." Uh, two weeks before this announcement came. You guys want to talk about that? I think we should talk about that. They, they sold it at $42 a share. And it's like, sus. We all, you knew this was bad. You must have known this was bad. Now, some new revelation came out. On the sly, Unity has been contacting the, you know, the big fish, the whale developers, and saying, listen, we, we know you guys don't like this runtime thing. We will waive it for you if you install Unity Level Play, which is their advertising service. Because most people don't install Unity's Level Play advertising service because it sucks. So like, but if you install our advertising service onto your game and you give us a contract thing going, wet our beak a little, you won't, we'll remove you from the runtime fee type of thing. That's what this is all about. That, that's... Right. 
that's I think that's a, a really good point because like I think there's a couple things going on here. One, if you look at like the Unity stock, it's down five percent over the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, which is you know that happens. Uh, but again, the people who pay attention to stock prices consider like what is the value of like what is the value of this company and and like find and like you know a stock is not a gauge of like consumer appreciation or enthusiasm i guess mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's a reflection of investors confidence in the ability to generate profit mm-hmm. and you know this only dipping like 5% means that like this is part of the plan um, yeah you know, I think that this also reeks of like, you know, they want to the one of the easiest ways to kind of like sell something like this is to open up with the worst case scenario, walk it back a little bit. You get to say you're listening. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard you. You're heard. Uh, everyone gets to pat themselves on the back. Uh, yeah. And then you, their foot is in the door for this runtime fee that like or advertising service that you built in and talked about. Um, like this, abs- to me, this absolutely seems like, like the the things, the questions people are asking are like very obvious questions. I think that should have been asked about software like this. Yeah, uh, when I, sure I think like they were scrambling to answer it. So yeah, like, and like like you're saying with the you know start with the worst case and then back it down. You know they're hoping that. You know, maybe, maybe they didn't fully calculate how bad the backlash would be and, you know, the number of people who are, like, immediately launching into, you know, talking into how to port their games on Unreal. Like, who knows if they fully calculated that, but they're probably, you know, at some point going to say, like, oh, you know, we're going to do this, this, that, and the other thing and hoping that that's enough to calm some of the people down who are like, well... It's not as bad as I thought. Maybe I won't put in the, the, the time and money to, you know, point this over to, to Unreal or whatnot. You know, they're just, they're hoping that they'll catch enough people who say, well, that's that's good enough. And, you know, we'll, we'll calm down because of it while they slowly, you know, raise the temperature to boil the frog right. while it's in the, in the pot and they don't even know it. Yeah, but this is the thing. And I was telling this to one of my other uh, programmer friends. Like, Unity is... They act like they're the top of the mountain to be doing something like this. And it's like, my dude, you're not. You're just there. Like, You're there are option. way better options. You think I used Unity in my first industry job outside of college? I never used Unity outside of college. Ever. Most professional places, like the most all-American... Uh, not all. Most American developers use Unreal. It... Because it's one, it's easier. Two, it looks better. And three, their contracts are up front. You go to go download Unreal 5 right now, they tell you straight up, this is free to use for literally everybody until you make $250,000. Then our sales team contacts you. And that, that's fine. I think that's fair. Unity coming out of nowhere saying 20 cents on the install. It's like, excuse you? When? Yeah. Why? And to go back to a couple things, because, like, one, it's very much like the. um, um, It's a very venture capital model where Unity pushed itself as, like, hey, we're the. We're the engine for like the indie developer, for like mm-hmm. the new person starting out, small team. Uh, like we're the engine for them. Um, yeah. 
you build like your audience, you build your market share, and then you turn the screws to like extract what you can and burn that bridge. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what it's what Reddit. It, it's what we just did with Reddit a couple months ago. Shit just fell out of my pocket. Um, <laughs> through. Um, I mean, Reddit did that. Uber's done that. Like, yeah, you can look at so that's many. The model. Yeah, it, it, <clears throat> it, it happens so much these days. Um, you know, and that's why everything's getting worse. Yep, Just broadly, that's part of it. Piracy's back on the rise, baby. Privateer, let's go. More people are they're switching to the newer engine called Godot, which is just an open source programming engine that shares a lot of similarities with Unity. And you know, I fully endorse that. I've been waiting because... for them for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, that's how, not that how, dare Shut up. how dare you? Go how dare you? How freaking dare you? Um. God, you threw me off. But yes, if you can use an open source engine like Godot, go for it. If you can make your own engine, which a lot of companies do, like e- EA doesn't use Unity or Unreal. They use, for some of their first-person shooters, they use the Frostbite engine, which has its own problems, but damn it, it works. Sure does. Uh, Starfield came out, and it uses its own engine. It uses the creation engine, uh-huh. which is a thing, and it lowercase f functions you know what i've got we'll we'll get to it i i've got some thoughts they might surprise you okay i i will be interested to hear your thoughts but yes to end the unity discussion i'll leave it at this uh switch to a different engine um if you are a student right now don't expect to use unity uh when you get out of school if you're a young budding developer switch now if you're in alpha switch it's not difficult. I actually, one of the instructors I teach with, he was making a game in Unity. He's switching to Unreal, like, as I speak. He's spending his free time, like, doing the programming switch. My god, if you know C-sharp, it's not that hard of a switch, either. Like, you're already halfway there. You just, yeah, you might have some trouble pro- switching over the models and whatnot, but it's it's gonna be easy. Anyways, Unity RAM. Don't use it anymore. It's gone. It's dead to us. Bye. Let it die. I love. Okay. It. I, I can't wait to see like Nintendo weigh in on some of this stuff and be like, "Oh, no. Pokemon Go is made in Unity." That's gonna. Be Nintendo great. probably looking over there like, "What did you just say? <laughs> what did you? Yeah. It's what like, did you just say?" lawyers. If there was funny. anything that was gonna make Japan decide to like remilitarize, it, it's <laughs> like, all right, we gotta go get these fuckers. <laughs> that is a. Uh, you think you think Nintendo has a contract to go ahead and keep so? Oh, Pokemon Unite, uh, the Unity, Pokemon Unity. I think that's also made in Unity. The Switch one that looks like League of Legends. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to hear what like very large companies. Isn't that Arceus. Uh, Arceus, no, that's oh. in their different engine. Pokemon Unity is that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's that mobile-looking game. Me know about Pokemon. Stop I'm it. sorry. Thank I'm you. sorry. We should talk about other games, like good games. Yeah, Yeah, because while while Unity was out there shitting the bed, uh, video games are Mm -hmm. back, baby, in a very in a good way. Josh, what are you playing? So, guys, I'm talking to one specific person out there. I've played some video games, and I'm here to talk about them. Okay. Finally. Oh, oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yes, yes. Well, I freed up. They know who they are. Talk about on this podcast. I freed up my schedule and I've I've been playing some video games. Um, namely, I've been playing um, Ace Combat Six. Uh, picked that up on launch. You mean Armor Core Six? How dare I, you? 
Okay. I, AC6, I get you, though. I feel you. I feel you. But also, in some ways, they're almost the same game. I, I am so I confused right now. I agree. I mean, they're both vehicles. Yeah. They're both vehicles. Their mission go. structures are the same. The way that they pr give you information between things are the same. Uh, the way that they basically have, like, six levels of, like, let's do a lot of fodder and then, like, go for a big bullet sponge baddie. I mean, <laughs> they're very similar in the way that they function and they structure and they go. The only difference is Armored Core 6 is a FromSoft game, and they have decided that, hey... We're going to make the missions really easy to the point where you're not going to, you're going to have a lot of fun, but you're not going to really use any of the skills that make like, you know, use of dashing and moving and, and doing a lot of things at once. And then we're going to get you to a boss battle where you're going to have to use a lot of skills yeah, that you've I never that. used before that are uh -huh. so infuriating with hits that will sometimes do 75 to 100% of your damage at once. And you're going to be like, I've never played a video game in my entire life. I can I can contest that. All of the levels before each boss battle does teach you how to fight it the boss. It just does. Can I give it you just, an it just doesn't. There I mean Okay, you, I'll give you an example of a recent one I watched you play. I remember watching you fight the sea spider, right? Oh my god. I What did you have to do right before you fought the sea spider? Right before? Uh you had to try and somewhat dodge some fucking space lasers. Your AC had to be fast enough, or you had to have the skills to dodge the lasers. What attacks does the sea spider spam at you? Lasers and uh, jump on your fucking head with these laser I fangs. But I will counter with the... The lasers are like, hey, incoming laser. They don't give you a visual cue. They don't, like, they're just like, hey, it's getting closer. Dodge at some point and see if it works. Like... It's not like, oh, hey, here is something you've encountered in the other missions or you've gotten to do in your combat before now. Take 30 seconds, dodge these lasers, and then go fight the most infuriating boss you've fought in your entire life that almost made you request a refund on Steam. <laughs> the, part, the way to beat the sea spider in this boss is if you have the speed, if your AC has the speed to dodge the lasers outside, which that is a speed check. If you have that speed, then you have the speed to dodge all of Sea Spider's attacks. Says the person that is also playing Armor Core 6, and I'm literally on my fifth run of it right now. <laughs> I I love this game. I absolutely love this game. This is the I, best Armor Core. <laughs> I love the games outside of the boss battles. The, the boss battles are stupid. Everything else... Very enjoyable. I love the arena missions where you get to, you know, fight some oh, of the so the ACs in the in the arena there. I love the, the story. I love everything about it. The mech customization is awesome. It is very granular in an awesome way. Like, there are so many cool things you can do with it. I like the mission-to-mission -mission stuff. Um, but, man, those boss battles are stupid. Here's what I have to say as someone that's played a lot of Armor Court games. It used to be worse. Imagine this. Imagine you die to a boss in an Armor Court game, and it's like, oops, you failed the mission. Go back to the beginning of the mission and do it again. Here in this Armor Core 6, it's got tons of quality of life stuff. You get checkpoints, you get to reheal right before each and every boss battle. After the boss kills you, it says, do you want to fight it again? Or do you want to build your AC differently 
just for this boss battle. There are so many ways that the game keeps saying, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. That but at I a certain will... point, I'm like, but this is the easiest armor core game ever. just politely suggest? It says, like, you you have this option. But it says you can it restart. Give you, it shouldn't give you the option. It should just be like, no, you have. It should be like the first time. <laughs> like, honestly, it needs to. You know what this game? It sounds like this game could use. It could use a classic Final Fantasy. Let's give you a boss fight you're not actually supposed to win kind of fight. And then Ooh. that will be your mechanic for like you know introduce that. That's your hard pivot into. Hey, you need to. You should consider rebuilding your mech to fight this boss. Like. Yeah, there are classic boss battles RJRPG like, like See, boss fight but, you're supposed to lose. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't appreciate some of those quality of life improvement. And also, like, <laughs> the, you know, I played Armored Core two and three on the PS2 when I was ten. Beautiful and games, 15, you know, mm -hmm. early teens. Like, a, I had a lot more patience and a lot more time. And B, it was so long ago. It's literally, I just remember enjoying the games. I don't remember mm -hmm. anything else, but. I will say, you know, for me as, as a player, like, I'm very anal about, like, not, you know, I want to maximize my credits, and I don't want to just have a bunch of shit lying around, so, like, the, the rebuild your <laughs> mech in the middle of the fight is useless to me, because when I buy new weapons, I'm like, alright, out with the old, in with the new. I sell that shit back, because it's of no use to me, especially because the numbers were lower, so I'm not gonna need it. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I, I have this amazing Gatling gun. Let me buy three other weapons that I might need just for shits and gigs. Like, no, that's stupid. Ugh. I. What you're saying is you don't like FromSoft games. No, I don't. I no, I don't. Yeah. I had a conversation okay. with somebody the other day when we were playing. I, I was playing Tunic and uh, streaming and you're like, wait a minute. I think this this is a you know this is a roguelike game. I was like, oh, yeah. I like roguelikes. I just don't like FromSoft games because they're bad. Uh, Tunic is a FromSoft game. There, there's <laughs> dodge windows, and there are boss attacks, and there are fire. C come on, that that's totally a Souls Souls like. I'm, game. I'm not. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like I like a Souls like. I just don't like okay. FromSoft, except for. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't like the best one, the, the 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 king, the granddaddy, the one that has it down to. Okay, Josh hates Armor Core Six, or rather, he hates the bosses of Armor Core Six. I love Core everything 6. about Armor Core Six except the bosses. It's a great game. I'm having a good time when I'm not in a boss battle. So the first like big boss, I got the Armor Core Six Balteus. I was stuck at him for three hours, and that's because I was ignoring all the mechanics. I built my mech. I look, it was very Gundam-like, and I'm like, let's go, I got my rifle, I got my missiles, I got my beam saber, and when, you know, he starts to fight off, I, I said, I know exactly what I do. I threw on my overboosters and said, rushed towards him, smacked him with a fully charged beam saber, knocked his shields off, started firing my gun, and it, I, he kept beating my ass. And that's because I was not doing it correct. I wasn't paying attention to certain things that the game was telling me. Like, when his shield was up, and I was firing my rifle at him from afar, I would see a little notice on the screen and I ignored that. But if you look at the notice, it says ricochet, ricochet, ricochet. And when I hit him with my beam, it showed that the beam saber, because it was made of energy and you're hitting an energy shield, it was doing maximum amount of damage. I knew that and I had the ability to correct this. I chose not to for two hours and 45 minutes. Then I stopped, I said, okay, this is a FromSoft game. I've beaten the Dark Souls, I've beaten the Sekiro, I've beaten the Bloodborne. I need to treat this like a FromSoft game. 
and so I started paying attention on one extra run, and as opposed to using my rifle and my uh, my Gundam-looking kit, I decided, F it, we're going tank! I'm taking too much damage. Also, two giant energy weapons, and two giant energy weapons on the back! We're not screwing around! He's weak to energy weapons! If he's weak to my sword, which is energy, he's gonna be, blah, blah, blah. I killed him in 10 seconds flat. Not even joking. Like, I, I wish I recorded it. I will do it again just to show you guys uh, my anti-Balteus build. And that's what I love about this game! It gives you everything you need to beat the bosses. It gives you everything you need to complete the levels. It's just asking you, you need to pay attention to this and this and this. And tell you what, pat in the head, we're gonna give you checkpoints, pat in the head, we're gonna give you recharge stations right before each and every boss with a checkpoint, so when you screw up, you can but go again, right back to it. the checkpoint is useless. Like, if, if let's say, okay, I do need to re redo my build, like, the redo yeah. your mech is basically useless if you cannot buy new things from that menu like if you can't be like okay well i've been running a physical build because the game has essentially only required that for the last two hours of play there's been no reason for me to buy an energy weapon because nothing has mm -hmm. pushed me to need it and now all of a sudden out of the blue i have to have energy weapons or i can't do anything so i've not bought an energy weapon because i didn't need one so now i have to go do it so i either have to Go, I'd have to have the foresight to just buy an energy weapon because, because, or I have to waste the checkpoint and go back and do that mission again because I have to go buy it and redo my entire setup. I, I, I have something for you. It's going to piss you off. There was a level right before Balteus, right before Attack the Watchpoint. It is a level called um, Infiltrate the Baus Headquarters. And in that level, you get... Baus, B-A-W-S. You get swarmed by four invisible robots on the walls and one robot that falls down, if you remember him, with the shield. And then you're warned over the radio. Watch out for his shield. It deflects kinetic weapons. The game tells you. And you have to either make a choice. Get rid of the hidden robots on the walls or deal with the shielded one. And the only way you could deal with the shielded one is you bring an energy weapon. They tell you that. And that's something in your head when you see Balteus and you see him in the cutscene. Listen, this is just no. game design 101, again, my man. Again, <laughs> there's a, there, having one moment before a battle where it's like, oh, hey, you have an energy weapon. And you're like, okay, well, I've got the sword. I'm just going to, like, get up close and use it. Then does not unlock you to go, like, hmm. I should probably go buy every single energy weapon in the game because I you might then go to a boss. That, like, it just, the, I, I get what you're saying, and they like to put in little nuggets, but it's not an mm -hmm, actual mm -hmm. logical jump to, like, guide you somewhere. It's basically plausible deniability of, like, oh, we told you <laughs> this was going to happen. I don't know what you're talking about. We had, a, we had an energy guy right there. You should have known, it, you fucking idiot. No, fuck you. I, you I don't know what to tell you, Josh. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> See, my thing is I don't... Because you're sitting here like, oh, I, I spent three hours on this guy before I figured out, like, the game, the developers, the studio, like, they don't respect your time. And I... Uh, FromSoft has never respected your time. I was stuck you know, on Father G for five hours. Like... Let's not talk about Ganeshiro Ashina. I will never replace Sekiro uh, because of Ganeshiro Ashina. <laughs> and that's, I mean, 
I, I want to get back to Armored Core. I want to play, like, I, you know, I did enjoy it. I think it's a beautiful game. It, it runs super well. Like, I want to play more, but there's a reason why, you know, hot and heavy in the middle of it when Starfield came out, which I'll get to in a second. Like, when that came out, I, am, I have not played Armored Core since then because I was like, this game does not value my time. Like, I, it, it does not do anything that would suggest that it, like, wants me to actually have a good time. So I'm going to go do something else for a little while. So I want to talk about... Give me just two minutes. I want to talk about why I'm on my fifth round of Armor Core 6. Um, God, I, I love this game. I love it so much. Every single time I finish a run, I'm like, I think I'm done. And I'm sitting down and I'm like, I could do another. We could do another one. Let's, 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 go, let's fucking go! Let's go do another one! And I built Gun Tank from Gundam. It is just... Uh, I have the heaviest core. I have just the head that is in the uh, trailer. It's the head that where, you know, you hit a certain button and the it locks down and goes to attack mode. Mm, I love it! I have two Gatling guns and I have two giant rail guns on the top. So when I'm just like laying into opponents with the Gatling guns, every so often it's like, Oh, you have heavy shields, rail guns! And then lay into them with the Gatling guns and I'm just running around as a little tank and it's fun! I'm going through the game that way, and there's multiple different endings. There's actually three different endings to this game. Four, if you do something really bad, don't worry about it. Um, there are different routes that you can take. There are different allies that you can make along the way. You start finding out that the planet of Rubicon means a lot to Rubiconians. You find out what a Rubiconian actually is. There's a deep story to the game. The fact that Walter, the character, he keeps calling you a dog and he calls you the hound and you find out your pilot doesn't have autonomy. You are a slave inside this AC. Do you even get out of the AC? And the answer is a solid maybe. There's so much. And then you're meeting other AC pilots and they're also called soldiers of fortune, but you're not sure if they ever get out of their AC. That's... That's some deep story about, like, uh, most Armor Core games are a deep story about, like, capitalism and debt economy and um, what you have to do to complete a mission. In mid-mission, there are some missions where you switch sides. You're, like, be working for the Balaam industry. And then a Rubiconian, uh, the Rubiconian Liberation Front, the, um, what is it, the guerrilla fighters, they'll say, listen, we'll pay you double whatever they're paying if you take out those two friendly ACs in front of you. You're like, double? I'm here for the money, baby, let's go! And they said switching IFF sensors. And all the enemies that you were targeting, they switched to allies, and then the two people that were on your side switched to enemies. That shit's hot! <laughs> That's so cool that they give you that choice! Um, and there are different sort of check things that happen in that game. There was one mission I just played where my first run, you had to protect this giant arms fortress. This giant sand crawler that's just meant for mining coral, the type of material used on Rubicon, and you had to attack it. But my other run through it, it says, hey, we can give you a different mission, completely different. You actually have to escort it. And then you're like, oh, that's different. I will escort it. You don't get that option the first time you run through the game. You only get that option the second time you run through it. Oh, it looks like Mike has taken the break. Mike. Okay, it's fine. Uh no, no, it's perfectly fine. He probably just uh, paused the video for a second. And then when you have to escort it, you find out that enemies from your first run of the game are now here attacking it, and they destroy the... I guess, spoiler, I guess? They destroy the mining ship, and they attack you. There's some cool, cool storytelling in this game. It's just like... I want to say there's better storytelling in this game than, like, 
Armor Core 4 answer, and until, um, how to put it, uh, and, until I played this game, that was like the top of my list. This is, it's in my conversation for game of the year. I don't know if it's my game of the year. It's definitely not my game of the year. My game of the year is probably the one that Mike wants to talk about, um, which I'm also playing. Mike, go ahead. Well, we should, uh, can, well, should we do, uh, should we have Josh chime in about Starfield? Maybe. Okay, because I, I have a lot to say about Baldur's Gate 3 as well. Josh, yeah, I actually haven't played Starfield. What, what is Starfield? Like? I, have, I have two more quick hits um, that I'll get through, and then we can get to the, the, the larger Baldur's Gate conversation. Um, okay. So, the other two games that I've been playing, uh, I honorable mention, my wife and I finally started Tears of the Kingdom. We're very early in. The Switch needs an upgrade. Uh, um, oh, yeah, desperately. Yes. Yeah. Playing, yeah. We uh, also started playing Battlebit Remastered. That game rocks. Uh, fuck what they did to Battlefield. <gasps> Play Battlebit. It's incredible. Uh, we have played that together. That is, it's, it's, that's quality game. It's, it's such a good game, and it just proves that, um, you know, DICE really just dropped the ball with Battlefield. Like, it's... It didn't have to be that way. It did not have to be can, that way. Can I talk about how like funny and cool it is when I'm playing the medic in Battle Bit, and I'm like pew 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 pew, and all of a sudden like Josh gets down, and you see the little Roblox little nubbins like drag the character out of the line <laughs> of combat. It is so good. It is it is unreal. Um, but yeah, Starfield. I I played. I started playing Starfield pretty much on launch. Uh, playing it on PC, obviously. But I mean. The long and the short of it, I mean, it is a Bethesda-ass, Bethesda game in space. Uh-oh. Um, you know, so if if you like your Skyrims, if you like your Fallout, you're, you're gonna enjoy this game just from, you know, knowing what Bethesda does. Um, you know, some people have put some comparisons out to No Man's Sky, to... Um, uh, Mass Effect and, and kind of things of, you know, kind of bringing those two together. I don't have that frame of reference because I've played neither of those games. Um, you know, for me, when they were like, people were talking about pre-launch of, oh, we're not going to be able to, you know, completely circumnavigate a planet on our feet. And, you know, there's only so much stuff and, you know, other things. I'm like, I don't care because, like, that shit is boring. Like, honestly, the quality of life of, hey... You know, yes, you can explore some places, but, like, I can also just fast travel and be somewhere and be like, oh, I need to go to that star system and that planet. I'm just going to jump there and go right to the play. Like, I don't need to have a dumb sequence where I'm like, oh, I'm flying my ship and I go onto the planet and I land. Like, no, I don't need that waste of time. Like, just get me into the action. Um, but I will say the, the creation engine, you know, you were mentioning how it feels like... I feel like this is one of the most fluid and active versions of that that there have been in a long time. Like, you know, it, there are times where I'm playing and, you know, I have a I have a very tactile, clicky, mechanical keyboard, so it makes a lot of noise, which personally I like. I know that's not for everybody out there, but, you know, the, mm -hmm. the way that my keyboard sounds sometimes almost reminds me of, like, when I'm playing a battle bit or when I'm playing a Destiny, like... I am moving, I am jumping, I am trying to find cover, yeah. I am trying to flank, like, you know, there are times where I'm, like, literally jumping and using my booster pack to dodge a, a physical strike from a, an alien or something like that, you know, it it is fluid and dynamic in a way that is 
unexpected from yeah like uh so not to end up, sorry to interrupt yeah you, no you're good yeah, i saw like a uh, footage of um somebody's like hey i was playing starfield and i tried to model my character after uh uh like the dishonored games and they yep. basically had a build where they okay. were like teleporting around like stealth killing people uh and i was like this does not like if you had told me that this is was like a uh bethesda game like just looking at this footage i wouldn't have believed it because like it really does look pretty different than a lot of that stuff which is cool yeah no and it it it, re- it really does feel different you know moment to moment walking around it, working through the environment picking up pretty much anything you can you know that's not bolted down like that still feels very fallout very skyrim you know whatnot I'm but glad like the face zoom is still kind of there yeah it's it's I mean, good that's just i just love that it just cracks me up to... no i, I <laughs> honestly if they got away from it i think i'd be i th- would be like this is this isn't what i want like it doesn't feel right yeah it's it's not to go back please but again it it's just it is a it is a flowing combat in a way that i wasn't expecting um and it feels really good and you know for me i have not encountered too many bugs that have broken the game or done something wonky like i had one time where i beat my companion to an airlock and i went inside and came back outside and she was like following me and she was outside in the environment outside of her space suit i'm like i mean she looks ridiculous but like it's not not actually like game breaking doesn't change anything um but you know i'd say i've probably put about 10 hours in you know i'm getting to the point where i'm i'm really starting to make some decisions on you know what factions i'm aligning with and i've really not gotten that like you know looking at the map i've only explored like two or three of the opening star systems and there are you know i move my map and i see hundreds i see ones that are you know well that my ship can't even reach right now so i know i've got a lot ahead of me but um i'm really enjoying it i don't know if you guys have any questions about it but um i i like it a lot and i will i see myself continuing on like putting more into this game like i'm not like okay i see what they're doing and i'm ready to go back to something else like you know i downloaded sea of stars and i want to play it but that can wait because starfield's really good I, I I had questions about Starfield. Um, I'll probably have to give it a shot for myself later. I have seen some things that make me look... Okay, I am very hit and miss on Bethesda games. Like, Bethesda-developed games. Uh, I can't think of a Bethesda-developed game I think I've played in, like, probably the last 10-plus years where I'm like... Yeah, I get it. This is this is like ultimate great. I played Fallout Three, and I I've never returned back to Fallout Three, cause I I I I picked up what it was throwing down. I did beat the game, and I got what was called the loser ending, because I sent the super mutant to go like save the world. They're like, no, you're the human. You're supposed to do it. It's like I'll get irradiated to we'll death. Die. This guy's They're immune like, to no, radiation. Get in the pod. Yeah. Baby. yeah. Yeah, I, I, get in the pod, Fox. I, I think it's Fox, the uh, super mutant. Yes. I was like, yeah, get in there. There is an animation that he plays where he's like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to hit the button. Like, yeah, do it, Fox. 
Go ahead, take care of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here though. You, you do, you be in there. And, and the game like insults you for doing that, even though that's clearly the optimal decision. That rocks, honestly. I love that. Um, and I didn't play Fallout 4 because it was like a buggy catastrophe at launch, and I, I didn't play Fallout 76 because I, I, I respect my time and energy and money. Um, so I was hesitant on Starfield, but much like you said, I do have another friend that loves space games, like he has the full rig and whatnot, and he says he's having a good time, and his wording for it, he gave it... I'm going to take his... He, he plays a lot of space games, and he plays a lot with me, he said, this is the best game that came out 10 years ago, uh, is what he said to describe Starfield. He says, it feels good, but it feels like all of these systems are super archaic. Uh, now. He said, if this game came out in 2013, this easily would have won game of the year and would have been declared the best game ever. <clears throat> he was describing certain things that we've like moved beyond. I haven't touched it myself. I'll have to get hands on the controller at some point. Um, what 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 is point. what he like? What is he talking about? Like you know, we got behind beyond that. Is there anything specific okay. you can talk to or remember that he said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, th this you'll see plenty of this online, and I'm sure you might have seen it on maybe Twitter, maybe you haven't. Um, the enemy AI when you're flying in zero G space, it's programmed to only target the middle of your ship. So people are just building ships where like the cockpit's over here, the boosters are over here, and it's all connected by like a weird little rhombus cube, and they're invincible now. Because the enemy keeps shooting and it's direct hitting you, but it's going through nothing. Because the AI is only going to the center of the center mass of the ship. Does that make sense? Yes. And also the procedural generation of the planets it looks cool at first until you actually start walking and there is less content on the planets than a No Man's Sky procedurally generated planet. And you know, No Man's Sky came out in like 2016, so of course you would have expected some movement to go beyond there. But like the desert worlds of procedural generation for Starfield are just the desert worlds. And also, uh, let's say you want the poop socket. Let's, uh, Alana Pierce did this on Twitter and she posted the video. Uh, you're supposed to jump point from one planet to the other, but Elite Dangerous lets you do this. Hey, stop, stop it, Siri. Elite Dangerous lets you do this, but Starfield does not. Let's say you want to fly from Earth to Pluto. Uh, you have to get to Earth in Elite Dangerous, but pretend for me. Uh, you can get from Earth to Pluto or like an Earth-like planet, an M-class planet in Starfield and fly to Pluto. And it'll take you seven hours to do it with the type of engine pack, and that's realistic. But you can't land on Pluto because you specifically didn't select the warp point to Pluto. If that makes sense. So it's like... They are using lots of different smoke and mirrors for game design. That if you try to like scratch at the surface, it sort of falls apart. Now if you ignore that. If you just blissfully... You're like, I don't care about any of that. I'm here to play game. Which is fine. That's a perfectly fine way to play with the game. You're gonna be fine, and you're probably gonna have a decent time. Can I can I say one thing though, real quick about uh, just a little counterpoint to your little, you know, if you if you f just fly to Pluto, you can't land because you didn't warp there. Uh, if you yep. just fly to Pluto and you spend seven real human hours of your time doing that, you're stupid. You're wasting <laughs> your fucking time. Go Correct. touch grass, you fucking moron. Okay, so Alana Pierce did this on a stream, and there are people like. 
granted, it's niche, and I'm not one of these people, but they exist. There are people that want to do space trucker games, and those games exist. Then go play that game. You, this isn't a space trucker game. This is well, this is a space adventure. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, we're not gonna we're not gonna make Starfield. I, I think you wait, wait, hold on, Josh, Josh, you're holding way too much water for a game you didn't work on. I need you to cop that. I'm just saying. Oh, hold on. But, but building building the systems that would be needed to do stuff like that make the core experience of the game worse. You're looking yeah. you're looking for an experience out of a game that it's not built for, that it doesn't need to do because it would make the other stuff worse. And again, you know, no, I, I, for people to be like, oh, this game sucks because I can't spend 18 hours flying from, you know, Earth to a d different star and wasting my life. Like, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to have a worse experience because one person's like, I want to spend 24 hours flying straight from Seoul to Alpha Centauri and then land on a planet seamlessly because... Well, no, no, no. I think you're misunderstanding this. The person I'm describing... The, the friend, he likes this game. I think you totally well, misunderstood that's, that's, this. That's fine, but like, I think to say like, oh, this game has flaws because I can't fly from Earth to Pluto seamlessly is a is being unfair to. They, there are other things you can say that are legitimate not criticisms. Like a, you wouldn't describe it as like a sim. Yeah, that's that's it's not a sim. And that's, no, that's, I don't think it is. That's there are there are legitimate criticisms and there are non-legitimate criticisms, and that's a non-legitimate criticism. But it gets lumped in with legitimate criticism that I think a lot of games deal with. It should, um, if I may counter that, it should just say you can't do this action. So it should like you should hit like an invisible wall that says like you can't fly past this point. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's fair. Yeah, like, if if the game is based on, like, hey, our procedural generation engine actually only goes so far, tell us. Just say that. Just put a wall there. It's cool. The, the wall's already there. When you warp from one planet to the other, you can't go beyond that planet. It's only at your starter planets that you can actually go from one distance to the other. If it can't allow you to say, if you want to, as I was saying, poop socket from one planet to the other, you just got some free time, you got a bored afternoon, and you like the thought of space trucking, yeah, just say, no, you can't. It won't work. That's it. Fair. Yeah, I I haven't played this game. I don't know what to make of it. It looks interesting. I think it's kind of neat that uh, Bethesda coined the term NASA punk. I don't, I don't know what to make of that, but I think that's neat. I get it. I think that like yeah, the I knobs and greebling looks good. I'm like, ooh, yeah, it. looks good. I think the custom spaceship thing is really, really cool. Um, I w I wish I was more creative and like took the time to get into that. Like, I'm very, like, hey, this ship works, and I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna spend an hour designing a new ship to go do a like. I'm just not that kind of player, but it does look mm -hmm. awesome, and you know, it is. It is very robust, obviously, and people are doing some crazy stuff with it. I like the R-Wing build that I saw. It's just the R-Wing from Star Fox, but bigger. <laughs> I think it's neat. I, I, I think it's a neat game, and I'm glad that someone has filled that void. Someone had to topple Star Citizen. And you know what? This is. This I mean, is Star Citizen had eight decades to release, and, you know, that's <laughs> so, I mean... They have Starfield all is a, the time a to work. full retail product. It is. For, 
single player full game that you could play just and it won't crash too much you just do it what more what more can you ask for speaking of games that are full retail that you could play and won't crash too much there's this RPG that came out it's called Baldur's Gate 3 this is the. This might be the game of the year. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I think I'm calling it right now. I think. I don't know what's coming out in the next couple months, because I'm too busy with Armor Core clearly. And I have been playing Baldur's Gate three. I am past Act one, but every time I touch Baldur's Gate three lately, I'm like, I should re. I should beat Armor Core six. You're, you're like too jazzed up from Armor Core, and you can't. You don't want to like slow down to the pace of Baldur's. That's. That's really what it is. It's like you, you have to sit down with like a, a small snack and like a drink on the side, and you need to just absorb the world into Baldur's Gate. Meanwhile, Armor Core's like, energy drink is right here. The dog is sitting right next to me. PS5 controller in hand. Let's fucking go! And and then you you beat it in like three hours 60 or something frames like that. A second. <laughs> that does something. Okay. Baldur's Gate has some optimization issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little... It, it, technically, it's a little bumpy in some spots. Mike, what do you think about Baldur's Gate 3? So, You're further in it than me. Just to give a little bit of context for those who don't know, Baldur's Gate, in short, is basically... What if we took the fifth version of everyone's favorite role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons... Uh, fun fact, I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. Um, oh, interesting. What if you took that... And made it into a video game. Uh, it just like borrowed the rule book that like Wizards of the Coast and Mattel, oh not Mattel, Hasbro, like print and just turned that, put those rules in the computer, and then built a video game around it. And uh, using kind of the canon DD world. Uh, and that's Baldur's Gate. Uh, so I think for me, I got on, we're already kind of running along here, so I won't like belabor it too much but uh we can maybe maybe this would be a fun game to do like a full big like spoiler cast on right um i'll i'll probably beat it before october comes honestly yeah my 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 fifth run of ac6 is gonna be my last run um but uh yeah time frame time frame yeah yeah. uh screenshot this moment when ray's on run 19 we can be like ray you said you were done yeah. No, no. The cliff. I, I drop the cliff in here. Damn it. <laughs> Timestamp. Fifty-five, fifteen. Got him. Um, so, fifty-five, fifteen. Um, yeah. So Baldur's Gate is again. It's like a Dungeons and Dragons style RPG where you have a party. You kind of are on this kind of adventure, and uh, I'm really liking it so far. I think. Again, I don't want to like go too much into it, but it's one a game that like when I finish it, I'm probably gonna dive right back in and like want to play through it as like a different character and a different class, like wholly different build, and just like try because there's so much stuff like I already know I missed based on like how discussions went and like I aligned with these people, uh, so that means mm-hmm. I can't be friends with these people. Like there's just it's fascinating to me that like Larian Studios, the team that made this game, is okay with just the volume of material that most people who play this game will never see. There are seven over seventeen thousand endings in this game. Yeah. And like a lot of those are gonna have like pretty vast overlaps, but like 
knowing yeah. that the game is like tracking that big of a spreadsheet of like all your kind of interactions with like your characters, the decisions you're making, like it's it's really it's kind of daunting, isn't it? It's crazy, you're- and like I don't know a lot about like specifically like developing games, but I can't imagine that um, it's a great idea to generally put a lot of time and resources into things that a lot Most of people, people might not see. see. Um, which is why you should raid Destiny because that's the best stuff in those all those games. Uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't do that. Um, well, just imagine you're playing a game where, and obviously, like this game was in early access, I think for like five years. Right. So they had a lot of time to like really polish this as much to a sheen as possible, and I think it's successful. But. Imagine just sitting down with like a script writer with like a room full of DMs and being like, okay, when you make this decision right here, it opens this entire block of endings up to the player. When you make this decision right here, close this section off, leave a window open, and open this block of endings over here. And I just made a decision recently. Um, it involved it involved a worm, and I'm like, will this worm make me more powerful or not? And I made a decision there where I'm like, I just know I fucked up, and I just oh, made yeah. a ton of different endings. Oh, yeah, baby. You're just like, God do it. damn it! <laughs> you gotta take those worm powers. They're so good. You gotta get the Call of the Week. It's so call, sick. Call the you just gotta, You just gotta get, like, seven or eight more worms in there before it really starts popping, but trust me, man. Did you... I'm, I'm this isn't a spoiler. God damn it! Did, did you let... Did you let the bard... Do something with your eye. No, I do. Okay. Mike, I don't know if you're ready for it, but I let the bard do the thing with the eye. <laughs> and they... It gives you a buff, but they make you sit through horror. Like, body or horror. <laughs> They're like, we'll give this to you, but you have to sit through five minutes of just this... Bard who has no business using surgical instruments, use surgical instruments on your eye. <laughs> and yeah, then you get the buff. Like, it's just all this stuff like this. Like, there's so many different ways to. You get a dog! It's like. The game is. There's a lot of talk about in a lot of games lately where it's like very broad, expansive things that are ultimately kind of shallow. And. Mm-hmm. Larian has made a game here that is just really deep and connected in a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, I, I've had some, like, annoying autosave, some, like, dang, I should have saved kind of moments. Uh, and I haven't particularly enjoyed some of, like, the environmental, like, platforming stuff just because it takes... It's oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I've had some technical issues where it just... If there's a lot of people on screen, like things that you can tell the game is like crunching a lot of numbers sometimes, because like, uh, yeah, what happens now? Uh. Um, but just like it all comes together and just like it's just really enjoyable. Like you, you kind of figure out your party, you like get your you get kind of the plan cooking as far as like how you're gonna approach these situations. Like I am just on the cusp of Act Three and. You know, I've seen some like really all of the voice work in this game is just spectacular. Oh, can we talk about that? Yeah. Larian Studios 
voiced every single NPC in this freaking game. And you think like, are you? Are there not that many NPCs? There are thousands. thousands of NPCs. Thousands. That yeah. is, that's such dedication. I I I absolutely respect. Yeah, and like just it's so it, it just the way all these things come together like the feeling of like hitting like a really high skill check on uh somebody in your party at a very critical moment to like cause a huge swing in their character arc just like it's the stuff that like makes the magic of like tabletop gaming like it's like that's that's like that's the thing that's why you play these games is to like generate moments like this that are were not in your notes anywhere like you know in your prep but like it just mm -hmm. like, the like the that magical moment where it all kind of snaps into place and you're like this is something special and like they've what if you challenge a god like, to a fight yeah oh sorry like, go ahead and they've taken that feeling as like as someone who runs these games and has a, like it's one of my it's like my favorite hobby uh, these days and like they put that feeling like into a game it's about as close as you can get it which is just really cool and just it's near perfect like um, it's a near perfect TTRPG boil into a video game yeah and like uh, again yeah there's like technical issues you know duh. Um, I think I hear actually is kind of the messiest part of that, so I'll keep you posted on that. But I'm just really enjoying yeah. it. Like, it's silly, but like I really like my character. I like that I you know spend a lot of time like thinking about like their style, their appearance, like how do they approach these things. Like, it's fun mm -hmm. to like the parties are all the characters. Like, the cast is really interesting. They're all acted super well. Uh, Gale needs to chill out. Also, nah, Gale's just vibing. Gale is vibing. Chill out. Uh, but I love Lazelle. <laughs> Lazelle's great, but I'm just like the reptilian Klingon that chill. she is. She is very Klingon, but it's very funny. Like her and Shadowheart like keep bickering all the time, and I'm like, do I have to turn this? Oh, would you around? keep them in the party together? They're That's so great. Funny. It's great. Like all the banter between everybody is great. Like I cannot believe they're so much freaking dialogue and it's like it's, mm, what a what a satisfying banquet of a narrative just, that this so game is fun. like they just really really you can tell they just really more than anything i think that is interesting about this game is that this larian studios is a private company does not mm -hmm. have any like share like public shareholders mm -hmm. like it's just owned by the guy who owns the studio and it's like uh, of super passionate about this stuff, so I can't really speak to a lot of like the larger working conditions. I'm sure they probably crunched like hell on this game because that's what everybody does. Uh, so sure. I can't speak to that specifically, but like you get a sense that a game like this could not exist in a lot of would not be permitted to exist <coughs> and be made in a lot of other environments and I think that is just really cool because you can see like all the time just the years of just like, it put into the volume of this game that like makes all the magic work like, just like the overwhelming volume of like the things that you do matter and like the interactions and like everything the way it all comes together is just 
it's really interesting and it's like hard to imagine that it would exist in a way that makes this really work mm-hmm. if it was a game that needed to be you know hitting shelves by Q4 um, 2019 you know yeah there, there there's a level of passion that went into making this game that is like as you were saying so self-evident like there was a part, I'm not going to reveal how, because Josh may want to play it one day. There's a part where you get to some painting of someone's god. You're like, huh, cute painting. And I made my character. My character is a wisecracking intimidation paladin. So most of my skill checks are, I just stare at you really hard, like, motherfuckerly, as I like to call it. And the character says, well, you know, I guess I'll do the thing. It's like, that's right, you were. I'm baby. I am just a little guy. Just, just a little guy. Um, uh, my character like walked up to a painting of someone's god. It's like that's a cute painting of your god. They're like, yes, of course it's a cute painting of my god. Leave it alone. And I like put on my slight of slight of hand uh, skill check gloves. I was like, I'm gonna draw on your painting. I'm gonna do it so no one sees it. And I drew a little stupid little thing on there. And the game lets you get away with that stupid shit. <laughs> like imagine like yeah. I'm playing in like RTT RPG and. My character, who's the same character, by the way, he's, tra- he's traveled across dimensions. Darius Iconoclast, he's uh, like, Mike, I want, to- <laughs> I want to draw on that painting. And Mike's like, Ugh! tell you what, roll sleight of hand. I'm like, hold on, I put on my gloves of sleight of hand. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell, like, like, in a lot of just, like, the dialogue and stuff that there's, a- there's just, like, the tiniest little sprinkle of like kind of fourth wall energy not as much mm-hmm. as like the Dungeons and Dragons movie which is really great I really enjoyed it you should watch it it's a fun time I, I'll watch it um, but like there's another character who can join your party and this is like the last thing I'll say and then we should wrap up mm. because we're going long uh, okay. but you could, there is some dialogue I got like with one of the other characters in the party named Will uh, I can't remember who started the conversation if it was Shadowheart they're like, oh, what's your name? And it's like, oh, I'm Shadowheart. Uh, what's your name? And he's like, oh, my name's Will. And she's like, Will? And he's like, yeah, Will. It's like, huh, that's weird. And he's like, oh, it's Will with a Y. And she's like, oh, okay. Which is just like a f- <laughs> funny. Because <laughs> like her name is Shadowheart. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just- not even. Li- <laughs> that's a vibe, not a name. I, I think the last back. thing I will say about this game is the moment that lives rent-free in my head is, you know, the the painting of the god that I said I made my character mm-hmm. draw on? Eventually, you, I got to meet that god. I'm like, you're probably not a god. And said character said, I am a god and you should bow to me and pledge fealty to me. And my character, Darius Iconoclast, the wisecracking intimidation paladin, said, um... How about if you're having a problem, you go solve it yourself, because, uh, I don't think you're a god. And the character said, listen, show me some respect or I'll kill you. And I made my character say, you won't. And the game instantly game overed me. (laughs) It said, no, reload your save, dumbass. The god killed you. (laughs) And I I like to think that that is DM Mike saying, Ray, I need to see your character sheet. It just rips it. Yeah, from- that's definitely one of my like danger phrases. Of, are you sure you want to do that? And can I see no. your character sheet? 
You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I'm in danger. The, the game did warn me like four times before it insta game over. <laughs> it gave and that you, part is. It gave you every opportunity to back <laughs> down, and you said. And I Never no. back down. No, I no, said, no. nah, if Never you're a real Never god, run, no. you'll suck. <laughs> These colors don't run, baby. Darius, I got a glimpse. Let's go. <laughs> I like, I love the forethought of that. I, I, I love, I love the game just saying, like, go ahead. We're not going to stop you at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. See what happens. Your funeral, buddy. Uh, quite literally, quite literally, in that case. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's a, it's a blessing of a game. It, it's one of those games. That's this is my last thought on it. It's one. There's no game that gives me better hope for like the game industry writ large. That the studio said, here, this is the best that we could do after seven years, and it's like, literally one of the best games I've ever played. And all they charged for it was $60, no microtransactions, no DLC. And people They're like, no, we're done. Banging down the door for, like, extra stuff, though. And with Fools! Freaking fools! It's like, this, this game has everything. It, it is... There's complete package, and then there's... You cannot ask for more. Anything I, more than I, this is I, a like, sequel. You know, I mean, if they're gonna let me, if they're, if I'm gonna be provided the opportunity to purchase additional Baldur's Gate three stuff, I will, I will happily take advantage of that. I mean, it's like a good time to me. If they do like, if they take like a couple years and they do some DLC or it's like, hey, we added a whole new side quest to like Act Two or something like that. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, sure. Fire up a new character and like. Yeah, I'm just not in a rush right now. But even like, at that point, why not just make Baldur's Gate Four? Why not? Why do we have to wait twenty years between releases? To be fair, yeah, Baldur's Gate Two came out on the PS2. It's been a second. It's 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 been yeah, a maybe they, maybe instead of working on DLC they could just tighten up the release window. Yeah, yeah. I I could go for I haven't even beaten Baldur's Gate three right now. But if they said like, hey, we're gonna take like a six month break, then maybe we'll do something else. Then we'll come back to Baldur's Gate four and we'll release that in like twenty. 32 or something like that. I'm like, I feel you. I get well, it. I can't imagine like that they're absolutely looking at that stuff because this thing has uh, stole gangbusters, which is well deserved. Yeah. So, uh, the number eighth, the, the number eighth most downloaded game on Steam ever right now. It's doing all right. That's not <laughs> bad. Okay. You know what the eighth uh, most downloaded podcast on the internet is? Not ours, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Unscriptedgaming.com. Yeah, it's, that's nice. just what it is. Sweet. <laughs> I love that for us. I'm, I'm so, um, it's, it's, um, we're, we're here. We love it. It's amazing. You, people go to unscriptedgaming.com to get links to all of our uh, videos, socials, and our audio versions. You can find us on Facebook at Unscripted Game Podcast. We're on X at unscripted-underscore-gaming. Gosh. SoundCloud.com slash unscripted-gaming gets so you bad. to all of our podcatchers and all of our audio versions. And we're on YouTube for the video versions of all of our podcasts. Thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. Uh, my name is Ray. My name is Mike. Peace.